0: This is the Boundless Possible Podcast with Leon Logan Nathan and Peter
1: Gowers. Hello and welcome to the Boundless Possible Podcast. I'm Peter Gowers and joining me as usual...
0: Leon Logan Nathan.
1: My co-host, my trusted advisor, my fellow atheist (laughs) and the captain of the team... (laughs) Okay, <laughs> this is going to be a fun podcast <laughs> and, and I will start out by saying that things I say uh, should never be taken as real or true and do your own research. Mm.
0: And shouldn't be taken literally either. <laughs> <laughs> Very Given true. That Pete, uh, often often uh, starts off a
1: sentence by saying literally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true, true. So yeah, this is kind of the the year that was. Uh, the end of the year, the final podcast of the year. Yeah. We
0: might have one one surprise podcast after that, okay. just as an extra to sort of fill in the, mm. the summer. But otherwise, yeah, started in April this year, I think. Mm. And I can't remember what sort of kicked it off either, to be honest.
1: Well, I think... I, I, to my mind, what kicked it off was you figuring out how easy it was to actually record and upload. Thanks to Professor Kafka's big shout out there. Yes. So yeah, we we um, I remember episode one particularly because I was standing at uh, the family farm outside next to the pool, and it was quite a nice day, and we were just chewing the fat about uh, you know what brought us to the territory and what we love about it and what's unique about it and and different facets and um, and then obviously hearing your story and what, what brought you here as well. Um, I don't think we could have predicted how far it's come though, do you? <sighs> That's a tough one.
0: Um, I think, to be honest with you, in my mind it's probably gone the way I would have expected it to okay. go, yeah, right. Uh, with the exception of the fact that I would have thought by now we would have interviewed the Chief Minister. Right. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, well, um, that's not through a lack of trying. That's um, true. And look, it has been said to me, okay, so I'm not saying this, but it has been said to me by a number of sources that it is both astonishing and staggering That he has not come on the podcast because, again, it's been said to me, I'm not saying this personally, but that this podcast is the only positive thing to come out of the Boundless Possible (laughs) campaign, (laughs) marketing,
0: whatever you call it. Right, right. Well, who knows? Who knows? But, I mean, I can put my hand on my heart and say that I... I honestly suggested the name "Boundless Possible" for no other reason than to help the Northern Territory government with
1: the campaign. Well, yeah, I, I can concur because, uh, a, as you know, I was sort of very early on at discovering the controversy behind it um, regarding the logo and. Even the the expression boundless possible. So my first question to you was why. Surely we can come up with something else. But you know your intentions were pure, and it, it is about the territory, and it is about the you know the various stories and the personalities and the people, um, and and with the intent of trying to help get people here, and if if they're not going to come here. Uh, or if they weren't going to come here, to learn a bit about it and maybe get on a plane and come across or up or down or wherever they're coming from. Mm -hmm. So mm, I suppose that's disappointing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that we should probably tell everyone is the fact that um, uh, the Northern Territory Government has approached us and, uh, and whilst they are very happy with what we've done with the podcast... They are a little bit concerned about the fact that it could be mistaken for something that they have produced
1: or endorsed. Right. Um, And they're concerned because the quality is a bit higher for what they're
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, they've been very uh, gentle, gently, I guess, persuading us to change the 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 name or co branded or do yes. something that doesn't make it look like it is a government initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, so, having regard to that, we have been thinking about what to do, mm-hmm. and um, I think we've decided that we will change the name. Yep, uh, and that will come into effect in the new year.
1: Yeah, so we'll we'll float it by you. It's going to be called Boundless Impossible. <laughs> so have a think about it over the break and let us know your thoughts. <laughs> now we haven't actually decided yet, but we're, we're workshopping a few names. Yeah, yeah, no, but I, look, I think um,
0: yeah, look, that's all good. Uh, you know, it's a good uh, a good time to probably change and and to mm. sort of lift up the uh, lift up the uh, the. Mm, I guess, you know, where we want to go with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we have sort of um, used sort of subtitles in terms of, you know, um, uh, hashtags and so forth over the time. We've tried different things, so I guess there's a couple of natural things we could lean towards, but Mm. um, as as I always say, Leon, I don't really care about the name. There's nothing in a name (laughs) to me anyway, so we can call it whatever we want
0: yeah but uh i don't know if you want to do a recap on uh on what we've done this year but there's we have as of as of today um launched 39 oh well this will be the potentially the 40th yeah the 40th podcast which is like a nice way to finish yes
1: it's pretty good body of work for the eight months or so that we've been doing it um if you can if you can think in these terms, what were some of your favorite moments?
0: Favorite moments. Uh all this <laughs> uh favorite moments. I'm just trying to think. I'll have to uh I'll have to uh have a look through um well, Gavin Bedford pulling out the snake was an interesting yeah. moment. That yeah. was, <laughs> I wasn't yep. expecting him to do that. Thankfully, I was
1: uh, remote for that one. <laughs> um, uh, yeah.
0: Oh, the podcast with Jerry Riskin was kind of cool. That was, yep. out, that was in Munich. Yep. The podcast with Debbie Foster in Milan was, uh, was another nice one. Mm. Um,
1: You'll have to take me on a few of these ones in the future. <laughs> <too>. <laughs>
0: uh what else was there tony burns i think his story was was quite interesting you know it was brilliant i never would have in a million years expected that i was in the company of a a tennis or a a superstar you know no
1: and having beaten
0: australia's um or sent him into retirement yeah yeah that's right
1: (laughs) i also loved um when we spoke to Jeff Zuba from LA yeah, yeah. and just his whole... From
0: mighty uh, LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: just his whole impression of Australia and the fact that, you know, he thought that if you walked down every road there was crocodiles and snakes and things that are going to kill you. Well, talking about that,
0: I've got to tell you this story. Uh, and I am yet sort of... Oh, in fact, I did tell, tell you this story, but I'll tell the listeners. Um... So as you know, uh, I guess there is a little bit of a Ward Keller plug uh, as I tell this story. We, we do conveyancing here, uh, which is buying and selling houses. And one of my conveyances asked me to review a special condition in our standard contract <laughs> the other day. And I picked it up and I looked at it and I nearly fell over. The special condition was this contract is subject to the removal of a saltwater crocodile known as Jaws (laughs) from the backyard of the property. (laughs) (laughs) That's an only-in-the-territory moment? That is an only-in-the-territory. I can honestly say I have never, ever come across a podcast like uh, that. Yeah, podcast, uh, yeah. Special condition (laughs) like that. Um, What's more, they actually had video footage of this crocodile, and I'm not kidding, the thing... ...was quite ferocious. Oh, right. Jumping out of the water and all sorts of stuff. Oh, wow.
1: So... um, So someone's keeping this as a pet... As a pet. ...and they've just sold their property... ...and the new owners have said, okay, we'll take it... ...if that thing goes. That's exactly right.
0: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. And so my conveyancer was bestowed with... ...another only in the territory thing. Yeah. Crocodile insurance. Oh, wow. So she now has a policy that pays out $50,000 if she, for any reason, is fatally wounded by a crocodile.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did the commands are.
0: My conveyancer, yes. Why? Is she oh, wrestling
1: crocodiles? Or? No,
0: one of the other conveyancers bought it for her as a bit of a joke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd check the underwriter on that. Uh, TIO, so
0: we're all Dead good. Dead set. Oh, yeah, that's wow. a real thing. In fact, Barack Obama, when he came here in 2011, yeah. was presented with that insurance really? by uh, by the then Chief Minister, Paul Henderson. Wow. Another person that I would really like to have on the podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wonder if Steve Irwin had that type of insurance.
0: Yeah, but uh, I don't think it would have helped him out. No, it wouldn't. Uh, no. I
1: remember, th- not that this is to joke about his death or anything, but I remember um, after uh, he died, there was a cartoon. I don't know if it was online or in the paper or whatever it was, but it was a postcard um, that the crocodiles sent to the Stingrays, Just said, thanks. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought that was funny. No. Not Not his death, but just the... Concept because he'd been wrestling, wrestling the damn crocodiles for so many years. Right. Anyway,
0: yes. So that was uh, that was the most interesting um, uh, contract, and I'm hoping to get that up onto Instagram at some point in time. At least yeah. the footage of the crocodile. Yeah, yeah. Because it's quite.
1: Uh, yeah, well, it's unique to the territory, isn't it? Yeah. I tell you, um, a conversation that I really enjoyed, and I think it was done in this very room, um. we spoke to celine mitchell oh yes celine because since i've been splitting my time between here and down south i'm just hearing so much negativity you know local business and small business and um, real estate and you see lots of shops empty in the city and you hear about this business closing and you know mortgagee sales and the whole bit and it was it it was sort of 2002-esque Her fresh, fresh fresh-faced approach and optimism, and you know, we move from minus twenty-five degrees to this beautiful thing, and it's so wonderful that we can go to the markets, and you know, we can do all these outdoor events, and it's beautiful weather, and there's no chance we're going to freeze to death. Mm. I just, for me, in a way, that almost. Turned around my attitude towards, well, hang on, it's not all doom and gloom mm. because there's a whole new breed of people that didn't see the rise and then fall, and they're coming in at whatever level they're coming in at now. Just thought that was a, a really optimistic conversation. Um, and not, you know, there was no degree of beat up about it. It was just her attitude was brilliant about the place, yeah. and, and it, it needs a lot more of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, you know, every economy goes through ups and downs. And, uh, you know, the Northern Territory economy is no different. You know, we've been, uh, we had a boom that lasted at least, gosh, best part of 12 years, I'd say, give or take. Mm. And then, uh, you know, we've had probably the last four years of, uh, of, of um, you know, difficult times and uh one thing and uh, a you know a recession will teach you is that uh you need to be uh diversified yeah if you have a diversified business yeah uh you know one area of, of your practice goes down yep yeah. um, hopefully the other areas are going to be able to support you mm. um, and that's what we've seen i think. Think the businesses that have really struggled in this particular period have been the ones that are associated with property transactions yeah, yeah. Uh, especially residential property yeah uh and so those businesses that uh you know have been in the business of building houses i think yeah. they have been the ones to hurt the most yeah but that's not to say that there aren't resilient businesses out there so
1: so i was um seeing online over the weekend and I don't know anything about this firsthand but there was some either heritage listed or you know whatever the the precursor to heritage heritage listing is trees that were being removed around Darwin City that uh, according to the banter on these um, social media feeds shouldn't have been removed Um, they were in the process of uh, filing paperwork or what have you Yep. and and there's some hoo-ha that and again i hope i'm not reading this correctly but the george brown botanical gardens is about to be rezoned and they're going to build flats and all sorts of stuff there
0: uh, not in the botanical gardens, but I think up just up from there in, in the gardens. Um, Is that where Channel sub- Nine was? Yeah, yeah. Right, close to where Island, right. Yeah. yeah, okay. So there's a, as I understand, there's an application or something. Yeah, like that to build units, and
1: it's being rezoned in order to do that.
0: Qu- quite possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that uh, block of land has been quite contentious for a number of years, right. and every few, every so often, you know, the, the development uh, application comes up, and right. There's a lot of residents, I suppose, that are not too happy about it, but I haven't really been following it closely. Yeah, so yeah, I well, know.
1: I had not either, but hmm. it started with um, something came through my news feed about a milkwood tree that had a World War II helmet stuck in it.
0: Is that right? Yeah,
1: and, and it was chopped down on Saturday too much. Right. Um, You'll
0: be surprised at the sort of World War II paraphernalia that we've got here yeah. in Darwin. Like... I, I went on a tour once, and I can't remember why it was. It might have been, I think Andrea Wicking was involved in, in organising this, but it was in Larrakia, and it was where there's the, the, some heritage houses at the top there, Yeah, yeah. and they took us on a tour around the houses, and they were showing us shrapnel um, uh, in the fence. Wow.
1: Well, uh, from the bombs...
0: Yeah, from the bombing of Darwin. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. Still still there. Yeah. So it's quite incredible what yeah. you can see.
1: Well, I mean, I, obviously I knew that there was the bombing of Darwin. I don't know if we learned it at school, but I just sort of knew. But I never realised until I came here. Just It wasn't like one or two days. It no. was over quite a period of time. It was over quite a period, of time.
0: Quite a period of time. And,
1: uh... In my head, I'm thinking 52 occasions. I don't know why I'm thinking that, but... Oh. We'll see if the number's anywhere near close. Um, and the other person that I really enjoyed talking to, uh, well, there's, there's a couple actually, but um, I really love talking to Phil Reuven. Oh, yes. It was a real coup that you got him to talk to us. And yeah. I just liked his sort of common sense, no BS approach.
0: He's an amazing guy. Yeah. An am- yeah. And I loved his... um, He's just so... So polite and yeah. just so humble. We'd say. yeah, down <laughs> yeah. to earth and yeah. yeah.
1: He, he was very giving of his time too, because yeah, I yeah. note that he was under pressure that day to yeah. to move on, but he didn't. He didn't sort of mind asking, uh, being asked the questions when, when we probably went past our allotted time. Yeah, so. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Which came from me. All right. right. <laughs> I know you didn't want to say that.
0: <laughs> um. So going back to that, uh, the other interesting one that I wanted to say was Andrew Taylor, the yeah. Population Doctor. Yeah, we got to get him back on here. Yeah. I reckon. I think he's he's released some some new research. Okay. On on the demographics.
1: So are we down or Are we up? Are we stagnant? look stagnant. The, the thing that caught
0: my eye, and it was on LinkedIn the other day, but. There is a significant departure of Indigenous um, Territorians. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, he put it down to the internet.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say the AFL draft. (laughs) No, so apparently... uh, Because they can get more information now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And book tickets and... Uh, Yeah. Okay.
0: So that that's interesting. We'll have to, we'll yeah. have to talk to him about that. Um.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, he was interesting. And, and um, you know, for those who heard it and listened, um, I don't want to go over old ground. But the way that he came here with his dad being an SP bookie, <laughs> I thought it was also really cool. Because <laughs> I'm sure there'd be, I'm sure there would have been, um, you know, many stories like that back in the day. And... I used to spend time as a kid um, down at a a seaside village um, about an hour, an hour and a half out of Melbourne. Mm -hmm. And um, during the year, the population of the town was probably less than a 1,000 people. But during January, it probably swelled to fifteen or 20,000 people. And there was this one family that lived up the road from where our beach house was who were permanent residents and they were just a bit different. And um, I don't know how this information came about, but some somehow we learnt that so we probably would have been there late seventies through the eighties early nineties, and certainly you know, in those early years, we learned that they lived there because the father and his brother were a couple of tearaways from Melbourne, and the court imposed sanctions were that they couldn't live within 60 kilometers of darwin cbd which apparently was a thing back then right and um it it kind of made sense they were pretty rough and ready and you know i don't know what sort of stuff they'd got up to but that was the that was the rules that 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 family and the brother's family had to stay a certain distance away
0: right so, do you know what the top five podcast episodes are? I'm so glad you asked.
1: Well, I know what number one is, unless things have changed ra- <laughs> dramatically. <radically. laughs> so, um, but this is by listens, right, or yes. downloads? Yep. So, Owen Pike, yes, is number one
0: by a country mile. Right. Okay. So, Owen, who is also in the uh, list of. Top 120 influential uh, Territorians. Yeah, yeah.
1: Did we make the list?
0: Um, uh, Please don't say that. I I just (laughs) do not want to be anywhere near that list. We hope (laughs) not.
1: Um, I also note with interest, and I'm sure it's a take the mickey, but Owen has recently changed his uh, Facebook moniker to read Owen Pike for Johnston. Really? Yes. But he
0: told us three times on that that podcast. That's why
1: I'm telling you because he swore black and blue, he was not running for a seat. Now, I'm led to believe it's not true, but he's just oh, doing that it That would be like Owen. Yeah. That would be but like Owen. But stay tuned on that one. Right. So,
0: coincidentally, it was after the episode of Owen Pike's podcast that <laughs> the Territory Government came knocking on the door <laughs> saying, uh, now and yeah. I put it to them that, that, yeah. that, that the timing was impeccable. Yeah. Uh, and they assured me it had nothing to do with Owen, but
1: no. But they did mention by name that they'd listened to the podcast before and after his. That's right, but, but no not mentioned. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which I mean, it blow me down. Uh, it could be true, uh, but <laughs> yeah, that was funny. The second most popular podcast. Um. Well, uh, applying just sheer logic. Would it be episode one? It was episode oh, one. Oh, wow, yes, okay. Yes, yeah, so yeah. The, the, just due to the time... It, that's it, been up there. <laughs> it, it, it gets the second most listened.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's also got a catchy title, What is Boundless Possible? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, true. Um, because
1: everyone's asking.
0: Yeah. And then another one that's also cracked a century Yep,
1: at number three. Uh, I'm going to struggle now. I, I, I suspect Kafka's is up there, but maybe not that high. Uh, he's
0: in the top five, but okay. he's not up there. Okay. Tell me.
1: Athena Pasco Bell. Oh yes. The of mayor course. of Palmerston. Of course. Her, her worship. Yes, of course.
0: Yep. Yeah, so that was a good one because was. that was all about uh, youth crime, which continues to be a <laughs> feature. <laughs> a topic of interest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Okay. Um, so she's number three. She's number three. Also uh, in the top hundred and twenty of influential oh, people in the Northern Territory. Okay. Yep. Makes sense. Um, And then number four, which is not just... uh, It's actually Ricky Ponting's debut cricket score, 96.
1: Oh, okay. Um, Any hints? Uh,
0: Well, they were going neck and neck, and it's actually the episode after Athena's episode.
1: Oh. I can't remember. Adam Drake. Oh, of course. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. Wow. He's also in the list. Yep. Yep. Uh, in fact, the list is probably going to provide us with enough fodder for uh, <laughs> well, at least for for 120 guests. Yeah, yeah. 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 So Adam is changing, changing the territory, uh, you know, one child at a time, no question about it. Yeah. He's, uh, he's very yeah. prolific on LinkedIn. Yep. Um, I'm not sure whether he's got an Order of Australia, but he's certainly got one coming if he uh, doesn't. I suspect he's only yeah. well on his way. Yep. Um, and then, of course, I'll make. Uh, professor pete
1: number five number wow. five yeah
0: so how's pete going is he he's going from strength to
1: strength there with the uh other podcast two peas in a pod two peas in a pod yeah yeah yep yeah. so um we just released a couple of episodes leading up to christmas obviously we did one with you uh, a month or so ago which was a I guess it was a super podcast, really, wasn't it? It was it was three minds in a room, no holes barred, no time limits, uh, talking about everything from smacking children to uh, <laughs> the feelings you yeah. get on an aeroplane to... <laughs> including legislative references in and yeah. criminal code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's going well. I, I think the, the one um, takeaway from what we've done is you have to do it consistently, yeah. and then you will build an audience. So, well,
0: you know what he can he can absolutely smash it, Pete. If you're listening to this, which you probably aren't, but if you are, <laughs> <laughs> um, get Lauren on the podcast, mate, mm-hmm. and do episode two,
1: and 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 light a um, some sort of a fire under your relationship before you do it. <laughs> that makes the best listening, doesn't it? War, warring uh, warring uh, partners. Not necessarily. <laughs> and you,
0: you should get Fiona on the podcast, mate, I reckon.
1: On ours? Yes. Yeah. No, well, on ours. Or on a podcast. Yeah, on well, a. as you know, we have um, a few children mm. and we are just going through the ins and outs at the moment of putting together a parenting podcast. And uh, in fact, only today uh, I spoke to my mother and said, because we're hosting Christmas this year, and my aunt and uncle are coming down from Sydney, and my uncle has quite a sort of fascinating background in that um, I thought it was South Africa, but my mother told me his family lived in Burma when he was, um, you know, born and I don't know what they did there, but they weren't Burmese, and so at a very young age, around five, he was sent back to the mother country, uh, England, and went to boarding school, and um, the the family somehow ended up in South Africa, where some of them still are to this day, and, and he found his way to Australia and met my aunt, and they got married, um, and yeah, and they've got kids obviously now and those kids have kids who so their grandparents and i just think his story would be quite a unique one because it was sort of that um you know old-fashioned english upbringing where you know regardless of your age at five years old being sent to boarding school on another continent where you didn't know anyone mm. um you know it kind of shapes who you end up becoming doesn't it yeah a- and you know has that formed how he parents his kids Yes. And, and what's
0: this podcast called?
1: Should I be saying now? I think you should. Okay. Um, it's going to be called The Perfect Parent Podcast. And do you know why? Yes, why? Because there's no perfect parent.
0: Right. Yeah. It reminds me of Nick Far jones Yeah. You know Nick Far jones yeah. you must know. Yeah. Why am I even yeah. asking you that question? <laughs> so I'm Nick Farr-Jones' nickname... Was nobody?
1: Okay. Why?
0: Because nobody's perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: It's about the only piece of trivia that I actually know regarding rugby union. <laughs> right, yeah, I was going to say it's
1: a sporting rarity for you. But I think with parenting, um, you know, we we live in a unique time. But every parent has. But the difference is now that there's so many. People with advice, bits of information. There's so many books. There's so many reference points. When when we first had the twins, um, we were given you know different parent books, and uh, I think one was called Baby Love, and one was called something else. Anyway, I remember one day um, the twins were approaching one. And, you know, in those first couple of years, they make all these different changes and whatever, and we hadn't had kids before, so we were sort of trying to keep up as things went, and the books were quite good for helping you with that, just knowing what to expect. Anyway, one day, we couldn't figure out something, so Fiona said, you read this one, and I'll read that one, and we'll compare notes as to what they're saying about a particular topic. Well, they both said the complete opposite thing to each other, and that sort of highlighted to us that's parenting isn't it i mean you've got three kids can you parent all three kids the same way
0: absolutely not yeah
1: exactly so and one of the ladies that wrote one of these parenting books which is one of the biggest sellers of all time never had children what never had children
0: what credibility does she have well
1: i'll tell you something and you'll probably look at me like you are kidding me when when the twins were born, my mother-in-law gave Fiona and I a present, and that was we had a mothercraft nurse come and stay with us for a week, and she had been a mothercraft nurse for 42 years or something at the time. What on earth is a mothercraft? I'm craft so like? glad you asked because they don't teach it anymore. So it's basically a nurse who's a trained nurse, but they specialize in babies, so helping mum and bub to get to know each other you know work out feeding patterns assimilating into the house and so she came and lived with us for a week and she helped us get them into feeding patterns bath time you know when's playtime, when should they be sleeping and all that sort of stuff well it's absolutely invaluable honestly it's formed uh, look as you well know for the first couple of years dad only plays so much of a role but it's <laughs> only for the first couple of years <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean most women would say it, for a lifetime <laughs> well, yeah okay I'm, try- I'm trying to be as politically correct as i can be but certainly when it comes to breastfeeding and stuff like that we're mm. no good mm. unless you um meet the fuckers and you've got that rubberized suit thing but um it was invaluable to us now the lady that taught us and really formulated what we've done for all the kids since then. Never been married, never had a child. Right. So, doesn't mean you can't know it. But, but why not? She well, did it so
0: much, she did it as a living, she didn't need to do it yeah, for exactly. herself.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. And the thing was that what she probably had that parents don't have, there's no emotional attachment. The child's crying because it's hungry. The child's crying because it needs to sleep. The child's doing this because it's trying to do that or whatever. And it sort of broke it down. Now, we had twins first. So you don't have that same ability to be able to sort of sit there and hold baby and, you know, have a cuddle and whatever. With twins, it, it is very much like, okay, one's awake, get it fed, get it bathed. Um, you know, put it on the mat or hold it or whatever it is that, that you're going to do. Okay, the other one's awake. Same applies. Or, or they're both awake. Okay, I'll feed this one first and we'll hold this one off by 10 minutes. So, yeah, you know, it, it, it took all the emotion out of it. And um, when, when we ended up having number three, mm-hmm. Fiona would actually say to me, Oh, I feel like I have so much time. What? Because she, she'd had two children to start with so one was a breeze
0: just, just how she felt and that's why she wanted a few more
1: I have no <laughs> idea why she wanted more she's mad that's why <laughs> but um, yeah I think if you start with twins and we've seen other friends who have had one or two and then twins right. and they've dealt with it much worse than we did uh, I know another couple actually who had five children as well twins for four and five the marriage didn't survive Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway.
0: Um, now, what were you going to ask me? You said you had something that you needed to...
1: I'll get off my chest.
0: Hmm.
1: So, as, as you know, um, you very kindly uh, lent me some digs for the last week or so since okay. I've been here. Okay. And you and your beautiful family hosted me, which was wonderful. So, most of my work is based around the city and the city area. So while I was here, I was you know, playing the music at different functions and doing some podcasts and meeting clients and doing different things. So I was driving from Palmerston to the city regularly and then my office is in Woolner, so from the city to Woolner and mm-hmm. back again. And I think I've got the name right. Um, this Garambilla Way that now goes from Kavanaugh Street... Oh, yes. ...down to Tiger Brennan. Yes. So I lived in Dubai for four and a half years. (laughs) Yes. And they were actually able to, after the city was built, uh, pretty successfully build and properly install, if that's the word, a full operating metro train service. Right. Uh, And because of the way that place works, they've had to build roads and... Um, you know, different freeways to alleviate traffic and so forth without ruining the existing roads. So what the hell, why is there not one single overpass or underpass from Kavanaugh Street to, you could take it all the way to um, Bellamac. Instead, you've got 50,000 sets of lights and if you turn off Kavanaugh Street. (laughs) You can stop at four sets of lights before you even get to the old Tiger Brennan. Then you've got the new set that they put in down by where that boat dealer is at Tipperary Waters, then the Bayview lights, then the new set at Winelli, then the new set at the next part of Winelli, then the set at Amy Johnson. Man, put an overpass in for each of those Mm. and traffic will sail out of here like a breeze It'll be 15 minutes tops to Bellarmac. I just don't get it. With the amount of money and time they've spent on that road, it's a shambles. Right.
0: Uh, this is my cue to jump in and go, I so agree. You want,
1: so you shut up. Or <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I must admit I hasn't really... Uh, you're yeah, way you're too yet.
1: sedate in the car then.
0: Well, it's just because there's not a lot of traffic in Darwin, mate. You know?
1: Yeah, but that... From Kavanaugh Street to Tiger Brennan, You're okay, right. the, sort of where the duck yeah. pond is there. Yeah. How many Several times it? I've stopped at every set of lights. Yeah. On Saturday night, when I drove through there at, I think, what is now either, and I think it's McMinn Street, mm. and I'll get to Wood Street in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> McMinn Street lights mm. went red. I was one car headed to the city. Yeah. There was. One car headed the other way, and we sat there for five minutes, and not one car went the opposite way, and yet the lights didn't turn green. Okay, look, that's a good question.
0: Um, I have often wondered how traffic lights work. Yeah. Do you know?
1: Uh, Well, I know partially, yeah. So in cities, during peak hours, they're on a timer, but in off-peak, there's pads in the road. So that's why you can back up and re-go forward if it didn't connect the first time, <laughs> which I often do. <laughs> that, that's my understanding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, to me,
0: I would have thought in this day and age, the lights should have artificial intelligence. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if they can see that there's nobody coming the other way... Yeah. Right, they don't need to turn red. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Gen- like, instantly that's turn. the part that I find really hard. Like, yeah. you know, especially it, at night, you know, if there's not, not a lot of cars on the road, yeah. you're coming up and you can see it's green yeah. on the Stewart Highway. Yeah, right. There's no cars coming yeah. the other way. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it turns orange. Agreed, right? That's my bug bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, so that must be on a timer.
1: And, and in addition to the the new or the extension of Tiger Brennan, mm-hmm. and let me just talk about Wood Street first. Why would you do that? Why would you cut off a road in the middle to put this stupid new road in? Like, why wouldn't you just build it slightly inclined so there's an a bridge and Wood Street is unabated? Now, people have to turn off and go around to get back onto the same road.
0: It's ridiculous. Well, there's only one real bridge overpass in Darwin isn't there the yeah. one that goes to Casuarina yeah. the back of the road one yeah. yeah maybe they're expensive
1: i don't know well they couldn't be any i mean these roads they have spent tens of millions of dollars on that bit at um you know when you roll out of the city from say from here and you used to connect to um Tiger Brennan which now doesn't well it does connect with back up at the next set of lights they spent something like $3 million in three years to extend that 100-metre bit of road that ended up making the most dangerous merger point in the country. Where's this? You know, what's what's the road that leads you down to the old Tiger Brennan that's on the, on the corner here? What does Mitchell Street turn oh, into? Bennett, Bennett. Yeah, Bennett Street, where Bennett Street met Tiger Brennan yeah. at those lights, they extended it and expanded it to two lanes right. for about hundred metres. Right. And then when it got to a corner, then they merged it. Within about a month there was a, a kid driving a van who ended up in Adelaide Hospital because the merger point two cars merged into each other and he got flung over to the oncoming truck. Okay, so
0: talking about mergers, another bugbear. Yeah.
1: People don't know how to merge. They do not. <laughs> They do not. (laughs) And what frustrates me on Tiger Brennan of all roads Mm. is guaranteed 90% of them drive the same road every day. Yes. Right? So if the road's 100 kilometers an hour Mm. and you're in the left-hand lane Mm. and you need to merge to the right, because that's the way you do it, Mm. right? I also, not so much lately, but I've seen all this conjecture about how you do it. The left lane merges into the right. Yes. You have a look in your mirror yes. or to your side. Is there a car there? Yes, yes there is. You've got two choices. Yes. You either speed up yes. or you slow down. Yes. And you put your indicator on Correct. and you slot in at speed. Yes. Merging into the right lane and slamming your brakes on is yes. a great way to cause a pile up. <laughs> one, and two, completely stops the flow of traffic. Yes. Yes. But yeah.
0: But I find it really sort of awkward because to me my understanding of merging going and you know it's been a while since i did my driving test yeah it's sort of um one in one out sort of thing okay you know what i mean so one yeah one merges then you've got the the oncoming traffic and the next one merges behind that yeah sort of like a zipper yeah i
1: get it i don't think that's the law i think that's common practice and that would make sense because i don't know that you ought to be
0: slamming your brakes at the merging point, correct. Uh, because you want, because you don't think you've got way. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Cars should be giving way, as I understand. Yeah, it. yeah, you
1: know correct. Right? Yeah. there's a protocol to do it, but what you often see is they get the, they get to the end of the serrated lines or broken yeah. lines. Yeah. They don't indicate, and then they just expect it's all going to magically happen for them. Yeah,
0: indicating is important. Yeah. And talking about of which uh, you know indicating on a roundabout. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, as I uh, this part, I do remember yeah, yeah. from m- my exam yep. uh, f- many many years ago. Yep. Is that if you're going straight, you don't indicate getting on the the r- roundabout, but you do indicate getting off, which is at the
1: ninety degree point. So I grew up in Victoria. Okay. And at that time. The road rules were independent of each other. They're now nationalised. If you're, if you, I think of a roundabout like this approach the roundabout as though it's not there. Yes. How would you indicate? Well, you would go straight through. Correct. Right. So in Victoria, particularly in Melbourne, if you're going straight, you do not indicate to exit the roundabout.
0: That's not what it was when I learnt.
1: Correct. And, and I, I realise you would have learnt in w. WA, yes. so you probably did. And I know in New South Wales and Queensland, I believe, they do indicate to exit. But in Victoria, they never did. Right. What I find farcical now is particularly in Darwin, you drive around, and people go straight, mm. and they indicate both left and right. Mm. Mm. And I th- that's I feel confusing. Like, yeah, I feel like they're obviously confused. Yeah, but. But if you're coming in from either of the three other angles, yes. you have no idea where they're going. Yes.
0: Literally no idea. But if you're going right, yep. you indicate right. Yep. Okay. And as you come to the 90 degree angle, yep. you indicate left to exit the yep. roundabout. That's how I learned.
1: It's the right hand turn that's the crucial one really, isn't it? Yes. Because you're sort of signaling to the next person, oh, I'm hopping off here.
0: Yes. The other thing is if you're going left, then you indicate left. Yep. So the only time you don't indicate is when you're going straight through.
1: But people from New South Wales do. Right. And that's what I find frustrating. Now, if you're doing it as you're exiting... Well, so
0: when I say you don't indicate, you don't indicate getting on the, the roundabout, but right. you indicate just to, to exit. Off. Yeah, yes. okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, like I say, we didn't grow up with that, so I still find it weird. Mm. Um, I've also driven overseas for years in left-hand drive vehicles Mm. and i still don't know the road rules over there so um and the weird thing is in in the middle east in the gcc countries if you turn up with an australian driver's license and you've got the right paperwork they will literally hand you a local license so not a driving test not a you know do you understand how to indicate not a not a left or right i i literally it's happened to me a few times when when you're turning corners, I'll end up on the wrong side of the road because there's just that mindset. I haven't had any accidents, thank God. But yeah, Darwin's unique because you've generally got drivers from all over Australia and all over the world in quite a small community Mm. and the, the different driving standards are... Well, they're, they're for, for everyone to see when you're out in the roads. And, and roundabouts do bring out the worst in people.
0: Right. Well, I wasn't expecting to talk about traffic on this last <laughs> podcast for the year. And I just did the calculations in my head. This posca, this podcast episode will be released on Christmas Day.
1: Oh, cool. Okay. So...
0: Um, For those poor people that are listening to this on Christmas Day, you probably probably (laughs) uh, are on your own. So um, uh, we should uh, probably wish you Merry Christmas. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Hopefully, uh, yeah, you have a great New Year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure Uh, that anybody uh, who's listening to us on their own on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Is, is just an hour or two away from catching up with their friends or family yes. and they thought, well, why not consume this wonderful uh, podcast in the interim?
0: Either that or they want to go to sleep. and yeah, well, It could that's... be Christmas <laughs> night. <laughs> they might have had
1: too many Christmas beers and yeah. it's time for a sleep. Yeah. But listen, mate, it, it, it's been really fun doing it um, and, and, you know, I... I I say it as a joke that you're the captain of the team, but, you know, in many ways this was your brainchild. It's something that you wanted to do and um, I was more than happy to do it because I like chewing the fat and crapping on, basically. Um, But the width and breadth of the the people we've spoken to has been awesome. Um, And you said it time and time again, and I know you felt like, oh, you know, I'm just saying the same thing, but the things that we learned about people that we thought we knew bits and pieces about, and yeah. probably Tony Burns was a great example of that, but yeah. there's all great examples, you know? Look, it's the stories that connect people.
0: Mm. Uh, and especially in a place like Darwin, which is small, I mean, even today, talking to, uh, well, last week's episode, yeah. <laughs> talking to Nathan, yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't know... Nathan before he turned up here, yeah, yeah. But as soon as he turned up with his dad, I knew his dad, yeah. And then the dots started joining in my head, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, And that happens a lot, yeah. And I said this to who did I say this to? Did I say this to you? The podcasting, I mean, this podcast is a weapon,
1: yeah, yeah. You know,
0: and and I mean that in a good way. It's a weapon in the sense that it allows you to connect people in Darwin or connect with people in Darwin mm. and to connect people in Darwin. Yeah. And and Alice Springs. Yep. Um and by connecting people through their stories it's almost like you know you you you're making a quilt. Yeah. Yeah, a patchwork. A, a patchwork yeah, yeah. quilt. Uh so that's what I find interesting about it and I do find it really interesting learning about people's stories yeah um because even though you think you know them and for me I'm, i've known quite a few of our guests mm. and then as soon as they start talking i'm sitting there thinking i didn't know that yeah you know, i didn't know that and uh i was talking to my brother yesterday actually and he's been on the podcast he has yeah uh and he said uh you know he he listens to it regularly yep and he, you know, some of the some of the people that he's listened to, he's said to me, "Wow, I didn't, you know, yeah. they, they have such interesting stories."
1: Yeah. Well, as you know, um, my my once upon a time dating philosophy yes. was, um, <laughs> you know, always well, on my first dates was always to basically let the ladies talk about themselves, because at the end of the day, although people will say it's not. Most people's favorite topic, or if not their favorite topic, their most knowledgeable topic is mm. themselves. That's right. And everyone's got interesting things to tell you about. Yeah. Um, I, I find that as you get older, what influences people's behavior is, is sort of goes back to what they know. Mm. So, you know, if, uh, you know, I think I've said to you a few times, like, um, particularly when I travel, people will often come up and, you know, give me assistance with different things and whatever. And I've always wondered and thought, you know, what what would prompt somebody to do that? A- and often I think it's because there's something in their life that makes them aware of that beyond the norm. You know, mm. some people are just nice and that's fine. But I think that you, you often find when you probe mm. and, you know, again, I hate to harp on about it, but if you look at sort of Tony Burns's example you know he, he's one of four children but only two that survived yes. so his sense of family and his sense of wanting to help people and mm. you know what he's ended up doing mm. you can sort of it makes sense doesn't it yeah. you know so I, I think that people will often get drawn to that and you know with the podcast that fiona and i are planning to start this podcast has taught me so much mm. it, it's just Tell us your story. And actually, I said to my mother um, today, I said, you're going to be on it too. And uh, she said, oh, um, I have to go. I'll, I'll call you back. I'm just, <laughs> I'm with someone. I said, okay, no worries. And then she called me back a few hours later and she goes, now, well, 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 uh, look, I'm not good with this sort of stuff. Like I, I said, no, everyone's good with it. I said, it, it's not live. It's yeah. not like there's millions of people listening. Mm. If you don't like something you've said or whatever, we can edit it. There's mm. no problem with that. Mm. But I said... Oh, well, I'd need to get the questions first. I said, well, that's fine. No problems. Because she won't expect the questions I'm going to give her anyway. But, um, yeah, I I think everyone's got a story to tell. Mm. And sometimes you've got to pry it out of them because not everyone's necessarily forthcoming with it. But Mm. hopefully, you know, and anyone who's listened can tell us whether this is right or not. I think the style that we do it in is just pretty laid back and tell us your story and it it sort of when we when we did the kafkas one the first one that to me said okay we're on to something here right. because we ended up talking about things that none of us planned on talking about well as we don't plan anything yeah but none of us expected it to go the way it did yeah and it was just so real and honest yeah and that's what I think i've got out of it mm. everyone we've spoken to there's no pretense there's no you know there's no wall up yeah. maybe at first because they're nervous but once you ask the few first few questions which is generally where are you from how many brothers and sisters these are not hard questions Yeah, yeah. so
0: yeah all right mate well thank you for your uh, contribution to the podcast this year my pleasure and uh we'll catch up again next year
1: We will, and we'll have a new name. All right. So we'll catch you next time. Have a good Christmas and a new year break, and uh, we'll catch you in 2020.
0: You've been listening to the Boundless Possible Podcast with Leon Logan Nathan and Peter Gowers. To listen to more episodes, search Boundless Possible Podcast on all leading podcasting platforms.